good news everyone talking futurama is coming back for talking futurama season two part two fresher than a summer ham this podcast comes every friday and if you sign up at the five dollar level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you can hear each episode as it goes live that's right sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for five dollars to hear talking futurama every friday throughout the rest of 2020 and also all the previous episodes we've done so far so head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons now or we're gonna clamp you shut up and take my money i heartily endorse this event or product Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, proudly recorded in the United States of Dorksylvania. I'm your host, Little Mooching Sack Holder, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Hey, it's Andrew Gilbert, and this calls for some two skis. And who is our guest on the line? It's me, Mike Drucker. And today's episode is Bart to the Future. Oh, what a bleak, horrible future we live in. Don't you mean present? Right, right, present. Homer is correct. Uh, today's episode <laughs> aired on March 19th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby. Robin Williams is announced to be singing Blame Canada at the Oscar presentation the next week. Wario Land 3 is oh. released on the Game Boy. And NSYNC becomes megastars thanks to the release of No Strings Attached. Uh, biggest news for me is Wario Land 3. It's uh, <laughs> an overlooked, uh, sorry, yes, overlooked gem. Buy it on the 3DS eShop. That's all I have to say. Uh, fantastic uh, Metroidvania-style <laughs> game. Wario at his finest. Yeah. No, Drucker, you're a, a big Nintendo fan as well. That Yeah, I like those the, the Wario Land games. They've... They tried to imitate him. I think the last like hardcore Wario platform was on the Wii. Like that's like yeah. eleven years old now. And I think it none is. of yeah. the later ones were made by Nintendo. They were all mm-hmm. farmed out. So I mean, they tried, but uh, they effectively killed Wario. Actually, the Wii U <laughs> yeah. killed Wario with that Game and Wario crap. Oof. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. That I game, love that series too. That game just didn't function as intended. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Virtual Boy Wario was great. And no one played it. That's one I have to track down to emulate because it's the, emulate it's, the, it. it's the missing link in the 2D Wario platformers for me. Like, I need to touch that one. Yeah, you know, the the Wario Land games, they have such a clever idea. And then uh, they but they were executed brilliantly by, like, the internal Nintendo team, kind of like Yoshi's Island. And then for both, you know, the next generation of stuff, both Wario and Yoshi became the B-tier games you give to a second or third party developer who, you know, uh, sometimes like uh, Good Feel, they do a really good job uh, at times on their stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I don't want to be mean to those other games, but I do feel they're not as good as the originals. But then again, maybe that's just nostalgia speaking. But uh, well, you know, for me as a hardcore South Park fan back in 2000, I was definitely paying attention there was talk like the Oscars wouldn't perform Blame Canada like the other Oscar-nominated songs because it was too dirty. And, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys remember that controversy during March yep. of 2000. Oh, I just remember that uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker were very upset about losing the Oscar when that honestly, after that, yeah. <laughs> I think having the punk uh, rock cred of losing the Oscar is more important if you're South Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Is that the Oscars that they showed up to in the dress? In, like, the J-Lo dresses? I believe so, And yes, they were also yeah. tripping on acid at the time? They yeah. acid for the first time, is the story they said, and were just so... At any question they were asked, they just said, we're so excited. We're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the Robin Williams performance was fun, and uh, he said... Uh, I think he goes, like, when he tells me to fuck myself the line becomes like tells me to <gasps> myself that's how they did it but uh, yeah. yeah you're right they lost to phil collins for tarzan and then in uh months later in the timmy 2000 episode he comes to town and they imply that he uh shoves his oscar up his ass oh, right. for enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, little hurt feelings there on the awards and yeah that even if you still want to win it even if you're like even if you have that punk mentality you still want an oscar Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they still haven't got it yet. I don't. Uh, they'd be if they had gotten that. I think they'd actually be at EGOT because they oh. definitely have Emmys and Tonys. So mm-hmm. if if they made like Book of Mormon a movie, and I'm surprised it isn't one yet, it might win like Best Musical or like mm-hmm. Best Song or something. Might. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm really surprised it's not. Well, I guess Hamilton is the new fire. Yeah. Even though yeah. it's like three or four years old at this point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that NSYNC album had Bye 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 on it. It was called No Strings Attached because they had just uh, freed themselves at great cost from uh, Lou Pearlman, <laughs> um, awful, horrible oh, band yeah. who uh, uh, died in jail in 2016. Pretty bad guy. Which uh, and But the most they could say is like, yeah, we're, we're free of that guy. Now we're employed by Jive Records, a, a slightly less exploitative <laughs> Jive <laughs> record company. And we'll hear them on the show very soon. Oh, yes. In Right, yeah. I, I wonder if they were waiting till they were free of Lou Pearlman and <laughs> The Simpsons. I wonder. But, uh, but anyway, yes, hey, welcome back to the show. We got us a guest. Hi, 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 hi. You might have last heard uh, Mike Drucker on our PAX panel that we had to personally record because somebody at PAX dropped the ball. <laughs> and I want names, damn it. Uh, but hey, at least we, I, again, huge thank you to my husband for going like, you know what, I'm going to set up your phone and tape it on your phone just to be safe yeah but yeah since there are no panels or uh, conventions this year or even public gatherings mike is joining us uh, live via satellite hello i'm in new york city wow all the way in new york city it's uh you know were you watching this episode when it aired i remember seeing it i don't know if i saw it the night it aired but i think i saw it like in that early rotation because i remember it i I definitely remember seeing it at some point because i think it was actually like a big PR story that the Simpsons did where they're like in the future Lisa's president like it was one of those things where they like really pushed that specific episode I think mm. I remember it I, I I didn't remember it again until people brought up the Trump thing and by then I was like I'm tired of this episode already <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it'll come up in our discussion of course but we talked to the writer of this episode we interviewed him and definitely asked him about that line and we'll get into mm. the history of uh, Trump running for president in this podcast and and Mike is a is an Emmy nominated perhaps even Emmy winning uh, at the time this comes out a uh, comedy writer you know what are the dangers of doing jokes that predict a horrible future that may uh, is this, does this kind of thing scare you as a, as a comedy writer i haven't done much like predictive writing so i like i, I it is scary though because you don't want to like be like ah when lou diamond phillips is governor and then that happens and you're like did i 
did I cause that in some? <laughs> I don't. I'm not afraid of it, but it is such a weird swing to get right that I'm terrified. I, though I guess you know, if you write like eight thousand jokes in a yeah. show, sometimes things yeah. something's right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I never wrote for television, only for the internet. But I stopped doing it uh, last year because I couldn't keep up with reality. Uh, just <laughs> it just was impossible. And also, like I remember, like reality has outpaced has outpaced so much of my old satire. Like I remember in two thousand and eight, I wrote an article because Obama's like BlackBerry was taken away. In my article, the premise was like, what if a president was crazy on Twitter? Boy, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that'd be nutty. That and then it's like, well, no. I went back to my article. It's it's much worse. It's much worse now. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh God. I love uh, the thing. I do still love is that there's still writers online who are like, don't worry, the president can't do that. Like oh, guys, yes. we're we're past that point now. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah. Everything uh, looks like don't he. Don't worry. If, if we all know this part of the Constitution, he just broke it. It's like, well, okay. And okay. I know. All right. Uh, sure. Police officers always respect when you tell them you know your rights. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting episode about the future that I. Uh, they mentioned on the commentary that like this was not a liked episode or like they said yeah. that Entertainment Weekly ranked it as the worst, which I'm like, that that really seems even if we're just if Entertainment Weekly's list was like up to season 14, this is the worst is a weird pick. Like, I yeah. can see why I think a lot of people were offended that it, it kind of shits on the legacy of uh, Lisa's wedding because it's an, another future episode with mm. a kind of worse future for at least one of the characters. But they've done so many future episodes since then that this sort of just falls into that legacy of like the future version of the Simpsons line of uh, stories they've done. I, I didn't find that the, it's not like the worst episode in my mind. It's just one of those episodes that I don't care enough about. Like mm. if it came, like if I had to choose on Disney plus of what Simpsons episode to watch, I will probably not intentionally pick this one, but I don't hate <laughs> it. Uh, well, I think too the, the, that future stuff, like uh, about 10 years after this came out or eight years they decided to just have a consistent future they go back right. to. Like, <laughs> That's right. And like they've had like, th I think three episodes that take place in that future, including one that wasn't in, uh, made as a safety finale in case they didn't get renewed again when they were right up on the line. I believe that's uh, Christmas is a future past. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Before we get started, I wanted to do a brief uh, director's corner for the director mm -hmm. of this episode. He's a new director, but it's one of those guys who was like, he started at The Simpsons and he's kind of still doing it. Uh, so Mike Markintel, they basically directed one episode uh, a season from seasons 11 to 18. He joined the show as a layout artist in uh, season three's like Father Like Clown. He appears to have left the show after 2006, but came back in 2014. And since then, has been a storyboard artist and revisionist. And he's done uh, storyboard artist roles on things like the new run of Futurama, the new uh, run of Beavis and Butthead. The old new run of Beavis yes. and Butthead now. The, the 2011 <laughs> one. Uh, and also, Sit Down, Shut Up. And uh, for some reason, this could be true. He was credited for the graphics on the NES version of uh, The Immortal, which you can play on your Switch. But it's very, oh. very difficult, so I don't recommend it. Wow, I, I, that's that's a crazy one. I, that would be really cool, though. I would love that. If you've seen that old wizard get exploded in many different ways, he might have drawn that. Mark Cantell, he's, he's just like the other guy we, we talked about a few episodes ago. One of those just like film Roman lifers that does an epi like kind of does one episode a season, not a two episode a season guy, just when there's an opening and mostly just like storyboard or layout or some assistant directing stuff. Like, uh, though, I did on his LinkedIn 
Brandon, I found two weird ones I wanted to mention as well. He's also credited as working on the uh, the Jeff Dunham tune special, Ahmed Saves America. Oh, well, that's just oh. delightful. Uh, look, he, you take what jobs you got. I'm not blaming him for the character Ahmed the Dead Terrorist of Jeff Dunham <laughs> fame. But, uh, but his other one is this show I am so interested in because it never got released and seemingly had at least a, multiple episodes finished the show murder police Ooh, yeah oh yeah yeah he worked on it show murder police i've known multiple people who wrote on it that have just said yeah it just never came out they just a fully complete show of animation and that fox was like now nah, we're not airing it it was going to be in the fox uh animation domination uh primetime schedule and they just decided no and just but didn't even repackage it to like fx or anything it just doesn't exist that's, that's bizarre i think they threw it in the same animation of the damned vault with uh, david spade sammy <laughs> oh god at least sammy got one yeah one airing. <laughs> and that's I, not that's not the louis ck cop show that's called I, the cops i, I forgot believe. there were two yeah. uh kind oh, of yeah. canceled cop shows yeah yes i i wonder if the i think the murder police thing also fell into the situation of it was canceled in early 2013 and perhaps in 2014 when it would have been repackaged that's when uh the national conversation on police brutality was uh rose a lot higher so perhaps it was that but anyway i uh, i just want to ask mark Antle, like do you have any tapes of murder police i just want to <laughs> see this thing one one it also could just be like it didn't work it isn't funny maybe it's that right i don't know <laughs> but all right that could also be their excuse as the network to be like ah we wanted to put it on but then there was police talk and now we gotta bury it you know like and it just sucked <laughs> yeah it's like oh it's too controversial yeah we'll write it off on our right. taxes <laughs> so yeah you did mention the writer of this one bob when uh, we interviewed dan graney he uh two years ago still very proud of this episode like he especially his vision of bart like he he really stands by that and uh the commentary on this is really funny because he's just like in his element huh. talking up like even uh he's he's mostly nice to the animators but he does talk a little crap on them for what his vision of art was versus what they wanted <laughs> who's to say though with this future they show us that bart won't become chief justice of the supreme court mm. at some time you know <laughs> he's got a connection he knows somebody on the inside He's a party boy at 40, but uh, that, you know, there's other Supreme Court justices who partied a lot and then ended up there. So who, who's to say? Uh, it begins with like a mosquito opening that I 100% had forgotten. Yeah, I, me too. That's yeah. uh, And especially like the weirdness of, I guess they didn't want the family to just go straight to a casino. It can't, I, they decided like, they didn't want it to be planned that Homer would take them to a casino. So it has to be an interrupted vacation by an accident. And then they go to one. I, I, yeah. get, I guess that's the choice. I think so. But uh, I was also shocked at like, oh, they just had a guy's hand just be eaten off. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I know. <laughs> when I saw the class ring, I was like, oh, I remember this joke because uh, otherwise he wouldn't just be wearing a ring. And uh, I think we talked about this before, Henry, that around this time, it felt like every comedy writer went to a Native American casino because there was like a, you know, <laughs> characters go to the casino episode in almost every show. Right. And um, in my neck of the woods a racist neck of the woods the the idea behind this was oh man what a scam they don't pay taxes on that can you can you believe that like not understanding it's like the tiniest bone we throw a people that we decimated <laughs> yes 
Yeah, I mean, with me growing up in Florida, though, they were so prominent with like Seminole owned casinos and uh, the Seminole tribe worked with colleges. So we had a weirdly more like, oh, yeah, that's the casino. Like there was less of that weird suspicion because the state had already worked with that tribe so closely uh... on everything. Um, but I remember like when other people would say that, I'd be like, I don't, it seems like a casino, guys. <laughs> like I had relatives from especially like Midwest relatives who were like this, like the same thing, like this fucking scam. Like, right. I, I don't know. It's a, it's casino. You know, my father uh, loved gambling, but did not. T- and we lived in Florida, but we did not go to any tribal gaming, I think, because really? of I think because of um, anger like that, I think. Wow. Uh, I, I think it was just a feeling of like, yeah, that they're they're taking advantage of, of a rule, which is like, I don't I I mean, tribal gaming jokes were all in the late 90s, but I also think it was just a way of like using warmed over f troop jokes i was just thinking yeah yeah, it's just like the corniness of trotting out f troop jokes and Mm. also being ironically racist yeah yeah as was the style at the time everybody did it Uh, a year earlier peter griffin went to a uh native american casino in 1999 and i was confusing a lot of the jokes in that one with this one because i've seen the first three seasons of family guy so many times because of adult (laughs) swim and there's the 1997 episode of Duckman Roll With It that also just starts with the family arrives at a Native American casino. Duckman, the father, does a bunch of like uh, racist, ra- offensive jokes at uh, Indians and quote unquote Indians. And then the family is shocked at it, like which it follows the same pattern as this, too. It's like, I mean, I'm not saying anybody ripped anybody off, but it's just it's just all this parallel thinking yeah. of comedy writers speaking of then. ripping people off in this family guy episode i forget lois becomes addicted to gambling <laughs> what all right yeah. oh that's right she does peter <laughs> hmm. all right oh my god that's not good no no uh, the lawsuit's coming <laughs> though i so i looked into the history of it just a little bit and i mean the tribal apparently history of tribal gaming like it had been going on since the 70s like occupants of the reservations had found that you know they have a legal loophole to create casinos on their land and make money off of it but by 1995 that's when it like went around the news stories like it's a four and a half billion dollar industry like that amount of money i think is when people really took notice of it and and also i mean a complicated thing about it is like obviously you know the it's some people are mad that native americans are getting away with something uh but i mean also you know the the world of gambling and casinos is a uh, ugly world full of bad people like that are you saying there's crime in the gambling industry <laughs> i don't know well, like uh, noted asshole and uh, Bush administration friend Jack Abramoff Oof. was like he went to jail for how crooked he was with with tribal gaming and getting into uh, so it's uh, but I also I mean for the colonizers of a country to be mad at how the native people use the small amount of land we <laughs> left them after we killed everybody that seems kind of bullshit uh, also I what I like yeah. is Lisa is actually kind of weighing those yeah. things and then the show's like no. No, no, we're not into that. No, no, no. Uh, I will say that, like, like you can tell it's more about the Indians and the casino part because all of the jokes are about the Indian part. Like, no one's like, oh, this casino shouldn't be here. It's near a school. Like, every joke in all of the episodes we've mentioned are about, like, people with the name, like, runs with scissors or whatever. Like, yeah. it's always like a, sh- like a shitty name joke. And it's all never, the- like, the casino part. 
And I don't know where this like Native American accent came from, but it's just like, why in media do all the uh, Indians sound like they're from Canada? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm an Indian. Yeah. Like, what? what yeah. Where does that come from? I guess Tonto, like I, the actor yeah. saw Tonto growing up on Lone Ranger stuff, and we're like, oh, that's how they talk. Like, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's a bit, you know, like um, minstrelly type things, where yeah. it's like. It's an exaggeration of something that doesn't exist anymore, but that became the pop culture exaggeration that we just go with now. That's where Hank Azaria, master of accents, comes in. <laughs> oh, man, he's done a lot. He's, he's, he's really on point in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I get, you know, one other thing to fully analyze this is a, is a bunch of white guys doing this. I do think, uh, you know, F Troop had all of those, you know, Native American name jokes, but I do think it was a popularity of Dances with Wolves that brought oh, yeah. it back into the forefront. Like, yeah. That everybody's like, oh, you're Dances with Wolves, I'm blankety blank. That's why I couldn't believe when uh, Adam Sandler did that, you know, oh, Ridiculous the, Six, ridiculous six yeah. movie that just, uh, I haven't watched it, but, re but reading the... Uh, you know, the offensive jokes that were in it. I just couldn't believe, like, you're still doing dances with wolf jokes in, like, 2010? What What are we doing? Hey, somebody's what? stepdad's laughing at that. <laughs> uh, well, also speaking of jokes, like, carrot scalp. Uh, not a, That's kind of a lame joke. But I yeah. do, I at least like a neon sign gag that is killing the Vegas neon cowboy. That's, yeah, that's at least kind of And it's uh, Chief Wahoo of the Cleveland Indians. You yeah. know, I grew up uh, outside of Cleveland, far outside of Cleveland, but they were a local team. And for a long time as a kid, I didn't know, like, the Chief Wahoo was supposed to be a person. I was like, uh. oh, that's like the baseball goblin. <laughs> I didn't associate him with like the Indians because he does. He looks like a ghoul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That character design. Uh, is he? Is he gone? I know we just think, got the Washington football team. I think but... they're getting rid of him now, okay. as of as of this recording. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or at yeah. least they said like we'll take it under consideration, which could mean anything. Uh, but yes, in our first clip here, the family arrives at the casino. Let's go, Marge. Come on, come on, come on. Homer, you know I had a gambling problem. Well, what better place to celebrate your recovery than amidst the frenzied excitement of the casino <laughs> floor? <laughs> Lisa? Ah, uh, something troubles me about Indian gaming. On the one hand, the revenue helps the tribe. Yeah, we can't talk you into it. <laughs> <laughs> no miners. Yeah, but I really want... Sorry, son. Although they seem strange to us, we must respect the ways of the Indian. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I gotta get in that casino. They, uh, on the commentary, they even throw the writer of that joke <laughs> under the bus. So, like, that was yeah. Tom Gamble. Like, Dan, Dan Grady's like, that was Tom Gamble's joke. He wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's gotta be it's like, a good joke going up until that what like the we must respect their ways. I know it's a little borderline, but it's a funny joke about letting a minor into a casino. Yes. And then it immediately dives into racism. You know, on the commentary, Scully Mike Scully's like, Yeah, we knew it was offensive, but we thought Dan was really funny in performing that joke, so we <laughs> kept it in. Like that's uh, you know, again, hey, a different time. Uh, but but I also uh <laughs> We, we we talk about the year 2000 as a different time, and it's so funny. Yeah. Like we're like, remember the year 2000? It was supposed to be the future. It, what it happened? It was supposed to be the future. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about that in this episode of doing the math of like, oh, what the, the future they see. The Simpsons will be right back.
Welcome to the break on this week's podcast where none of us used to be cool. And a big thank you to our guest, Mike Drucker. We really appreciated having him on. Recorded this weeks before the election. So uh, I hope you guys had some good laughs with it. I'm recording this, uh, the, you know, a week after the election and hopefully it's all over now. So, hey, isn't that nice? Uh, but yeah, follow Mike Drucker on Twitter. By the way, you guys should know that this podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who subscribe at patreon.com slash talking simpsons the talking simpsons podcast and its sister podcast what a cartoon come out every week thanks to the support of the followers of patreon.com slash talking simpsons who for five dollars a month get tons of bonus stuff not only every episode of talking simpsons and what a cartoon a week ahead of time and ad free but also they get a ton of exclusive podcasts only for them including right now we just launched it the Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2 as we cover the second half of the second season of Futurama. It lines up perfectly with the 11th season of Simpsons, so it's fun to enjoy them at the same time. So please, sign up today. Five bucks a month. You'll get that and all of our previous exclusive miniseries for The Critic, King of the Hill, Mission Hill, and previous Futurama podcasts. And so much more. So please, sign up for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to support me and Bob. But if you're on a quest for something as cool as Lincoln's Gold, then you should sign up at the $10 level to get all of that $5 stuff plus one bonus extra long podcast each month. I'm talking about the What a Cartoon movie. For our $10 and up subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, they get to hear each month an extended, often over four hours long, podcast about a different animated feature film in the same style we talk about Simpsons and other cartoon shows. This month, you're going to get to hear the Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit podcast as me and Bob chat deep, deep, deep about that stop-motion classic. And also, you can hear all the previous ones. Two years of What a Cartoon Movie podcast available to you at 10 bucks a month. Over 120 hours of classic podcasts to listen to. So please, sign up today and give a listen to the What a Cartoon Movie podcast at the $10 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You know, the, the kid not being allowed into casino thing, too, that reminds me of, like, uh, the la I went to Vegas last year, and it still struck me of, like, yeah, they can't. Kids have to walk through the casino floor because yeah. they want everybody to walk through the casino floor. It is a very different rule in Las Vegas than in in other casinos i call like well, what's homer doing though is he just abandoning bart he's like well <laughs> see you later i assume so like it's kind of a sit in the car moment for him uh though, <laughs> though it's also a very of this era for homer and bart to just walk away from marge and lisa and be like you're not fun we're going away <laughs> you guys maybe you'll get, get a story and uh and another thing i forgot about in this episode was the return of a certain character yes. two characters uh gabo and arthur crandall are back uh, they're doing a lot of callbacks in season 11 it seems yeah you know it's their 10 when they were writing this the show had just turned 10 so maybe they were getting more reflective mm. than ever but yeah seeing gabo in this i again forgot gabo's in it i love that he is uh him and arthur crandall have really fallen on hard times and the gabo 
uh, puppet is in disrepair and for bart it had to be very satisfying to throw gabo in a dumpster right there <laughs> and this is a minor point but i guess no point is too minor for our show uh when i saw arthur crandall i was like oh he looks weird for some reason and it's because he has blue hair and i think like after 1995 no new character was designed with weird colored hair you're right and i miss the oh, weird colored hair that's right yeah, that's... I, I didn't even recognize that change. You're right, Bob. Yeah, they never make a character with like, and same with like the extreme overbites too. Whenever yeah. when, uh, you talk about how you much we love Sideshow Bob and every time you see him, like he looks like no person they'd ever make now anytime Sideshow Bob returns. So Bart stows away in Gabbo's suitcase. I, I love Crandall's reaction to hearing noise in there. He's like, quiet, Gabbo. Like, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> He's still insane. Uh, well, yeah, he thinks he turned into a real boy. And also that Bart almost suffocated in his uh, Scooby-Doo-like antics. I, I like that, too. Uh, I love that joke so much. There's something so pure about someone who's that hopeful that it's not like, who are you? It's like, you've become a real boy. Like, just that joy in that moment. I know that it's not real, but just the world that's built with that character in those few scenes is so much fun for me. It's all he's like, ever being, wanted. Like, quiet. Yeah. yeah it's like quiet gabbo like he's to him to arthur crandall gabbo is just real well i mean it also fits with like in the crusty gets canceled episode i remember al Jean remarked of like it's weird how crandall is just like by himself with gabbo talking with him like he <laughs> <laughs> as far quiet as, gabbo yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, and so Bart is caught. He also says a classic eep. There's a lot of a lot of fun old stuff they used to do in this. Uh, and he's taken to the manager's office, which uh, they say they credit Ron Hauge for a lot of the specifics in the office design, like the the giant buffalo nickel on the wall, and like the the hanging rug that's like slot machine yeah. stuff. At least I mean it's stereotypes, but at least it's creative. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen a, I haven't seen that before. Right and. Uh, and then Bart finds out that Homer has uh, signed away his mortgage, which that, that should be illegal, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but the casino owner then starts basically taking on the role of the fortune teller like that. I That's when it really hit me what a sequel episode this is, because it's not just they've shown us a future before, but this is an outsider character in a weird or in a different place yeah. for The Simpsons showing a future to someone. My issue yeah. with this is, like, I don't know what uh, motivates him to show Bart his future, because mm -hmm. he's not a, like, come to the come to the fortune teller tent like Lisa did. It's just like, why did he suddenly decide, like, oh, here's your future, Bart? Cause, this, cause, this child in my casino. Because he's the magic, uh, proud Native American who's worried about the pains of a young mm, white child. I get and it. So he has to fix his problem. I mean... That's pretty, he's just taking on that role of so many fictional Native Americans who only exist to help white people. <laughs> I was so distracted by the fire in the middle of the room. I know that that's then used for the vision quest type thing he does, but like as soon as the scene started, I was like, he has a fire in his office? And I couldn't get off that point in my head for some reason. <laughs> I also do like that he, he asked Park to give up a treasured item and he's like, oh, firecracker, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, even though it, it sucks, uh, the joke about crazy talk, that's the best version of that joke you can make. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, and it still sucks, but it's, it's good. Uh, but yes, Bart is told he's, he's warned about his future and he needs to be shown a vision. Uh, I'll play the clip in just a sec, but yeah, I, I always think of this as like, I thought it was supposed to be now, but it's 30 years in the future. Yeah. Bart's 40, Lisa's 38, which would make it 2030 then. 
though if it's 30 years from when the show premiered then i guess it's 2020 but so if you if you're watching this in 2020 and you're like oh this didn't come true it's like well it's not 2030 yet yeah. give it time we have to resurrect helen thomas and alan greenspan oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but yes, here Bart is told of his future. You like to sneak into casinos. I wasn't going to gamble. I just wanted a Bloody Mary. Listen to me. Unless you change your deceitful ways, I foresee a life of bitterness and failure for you. Bart Simpson. How'd you know my name? Your father just took out a second mortgage downstairs. You're listed as collateral. Oh, I thought maybe you were some kind of Indian mystic who could tell the future. Who says I'm not? Whoa! If you want to see your future, throw a treasured personal item into the fire. Okay. What? Not a firecracker. Hey, I bought it from a guy on your reservation. That's crazy talk. No, it's true. No, I know. That's my brother, crazy talk. We're all a little worried about him. Now, look into the flame. Look ahead 30 years to the man you will become. So then we see the horrible fate of Bart. And I think people hated this episode. I don't think it's the worst episode. In fact, I kind of enjoyed it upon this viewing. I think they hated it because Lisa's Wedding was such a sweet episode. And uh, Greg Daniels wrote it. And of course, it's a collaborative effort. But Greg Daniels, uh, all of his stuff has such love for the characters, such heart to it. Like, even if you wouldn't get along with a character, he likes to show, like, deep down they're good inside and maybe good things will happen to them. And this episode, just like, no, everybody is not doing very well. And especially (laughs) Bart. Bart's fate is especially dark. And I've come to like this episode more that in the 20 years since that has aired I have known guys like this mm. and it is such an accurate depiction of this kind of dirtbag yeah yeah one thing I'm also struck by is how much I like Ralph Wiggum like in this relationship those two have and I know we'll get to it but like Bart is, is like you're right he's like one of your friends that you grew up with that you're like oh this is like who you are now and Ralph Wiggum I'm like oh that's me I'm just kind of frustrated and a little bit sad and I used to be a dumb kid yeah, I yeah, I Ralph in this. I created the headcanon that Bart and Ralph are are a couple or, or <laughs> used to be. I want to imagine that. But the the only cheat I don't like is like I think Lisa's wedding worked a lot harder to make the future seem uh, plausible in terms of how the characters are acting. And this one, it's just like no, Bart, Ralph, Nelson, and Milhouse have still have the voice of children. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> yeah for whatever true. reason, uh, but. Yeah, I think as as I've gotten older, I've come to this. I I've been honest when I didn't like an episode when it first aired, like Saddlesore Galactica or the Alone Again. Uh, this one I didn't. I thought it was all right. I didn't hate it. And the older I get, the Bart version is just so perfect. Like when when I saw this when I was seventeen, my friends who would become this Bart were also seventeen. But when I've seen them in their early thirties or even late thirties, and I'm just like, oh, you did become Bart. This exact yeah. kind of guy who says like, I had that idea, but it was stolen. And you're like. I could be president, but I'm too real for everybody. Everybody is ripping them off. All of their friends are suckers mm. for doing certain things that everyone is expected to do. It's uh, yep. it's great. I, if, I love every part of this character. If you break something, it's like way to make a thing play. Like it's nothing. <laughs> nothing is your fault. And 
and just it's such a perfect mix of like narcissism with mixed with loserness like that he's he's a guy who's accomplished nothing and knows he hasn't but his narcissism won't bart can't admit that he screwed up <laughs> he has to be like every person was against me everybody dropped the ball it's not my fault and he's always like one scam away from being where he wants to be yeah that, but it'll never <laughs> right. happen and as grainy tells the story uh he felt he was partially uh, in, in friction with the animators on how Bart would be portrayed here because, you know, he, uh, and he had nothing but nice things to say about the animators, but he did think the animators, you know, saw themselves as a grown-up Bart and didn't want to make a grown-up Bart a loser because they're not losers and they're not like this type of guy. So they didn't want to draw Bart that way. And Grady said he was very insistent, like, no, Bart needs to be fat. He needs to have, like, <laughs> lines under his eyes a ponytail one earring he needs to do all of those like things. flip flops <laughs> yes yeah uh though he said unfortunately he lost the battle over that beach bungalow he's like no they, <laughs> they insisted on that but uh mike you're right ralph is also the perfect version of the best friend of this type of guy who's like you know in this codependent relationship with him who supports right. him even though in, in, but also complains he's like i do everything around here but you're not cutting off contact with him you're just like well uh, maybe maybe the band will i mean also bart being in a failed band at 40 like that is perfect <laughs> as well yeah, a cover band too yes yeah. jimmy buffett cover band no less uh so great and, you know jimmy buffett's popularity is strong now as it was in tw in 2000 i consider him more of a restaurateur than a musician these days uh boy. i once worked with a comedy writer who was non-ironically a massive jimmy buffett fan oh. and would like get angry when people made jimmy buffett jokes like he was like you guys don't get it it's about like relaxing like he was so into him he was also the most stressful man i've ever worked with so like he was so obsessed with jimmy buffett but he was like uh, like a stressed golem like someone had made a wish and stress became a man you know my first concert was a jimmy buffett concert because of my parents and all of those parents had a great time mm, yeah it's knocking around beach balls <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the most parent rock of all and it's also like the uh, it's it's nice and centrist like I think you know he supports democratic candidates but it's also just like hey we just all like to party and maybe do a little doobage you know like you haven't yeah. smoked weed since you were in college let's get high at the <laughs> Jimmy Buffett concert I also think them giving Bart like the creator of like spurious lawsuits that make as a moocher like that definitely is a late 90s view of like lazy people like there's yeah <laughs> there's there's more than a little like um complaining about lazy people in this yeah episode. i think i think the joke about the oversalted fries is a riff on the uh, hot coffee scandal not not the right. grand theft auto one but the woman who had hot coffee spilled on her and it was mcdonald's fault yes yeah but they blamed her it was her. a legit lawsuit it was a legit lawsuit yeah uh, yeah i think we talked about it in some episode where they directly referenced it yeah of something it she had what she had like serious burns and she, like they had been warned about it like i know that you've already covered it oh, that yeah. was a legitimate lawsuit and it always makes me mad first the two things of that era that make me mad just like in a non-rational way are that and people who are like y2k wasn't anything it's like no we fixed it yes. yeah <laughs> yeah it well, wasn't anything because we did it like it, 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 we worked hard it gave every like dennis leary style comedian a bit like oh your hot coffee was too hot yeah it's called hot uh, coffee that's what's wrong with it like it gives you the perfect like setup for <laughs> what's wrong yeah. with america today like yeah it's 
Uh, I think at least, you know, now we you can find the context for these things if you wanted to. And the news at the time without the internet, it was just like, well, Jay, I had the same thought. Like, Jay Leno or David Letterman made jokes about this woman suing over coffee being too hot and how stupid that is. So I guess that's the end of the debates like that. <laughs> Uh, but yes, in this future, everyone is smelling people later. Check. Hello, Capital City. Oh, way to make a guitar, Sears. Hey, Bart. <laughs> in the clean towels? Nah, use this. I'm sick of having to dry myself with a newspaper. You could at least do some laundry. I pay the rent. Dude, you know I'm good for it. I'll have plenty of money when my lawsuit pays off. You mean the spider bite at Disneyland? <laughs> or the incident with the oversalted fries. Hologram for Bart Simpson. Hey, Dingus, your band can play at my club tonight. Yes! But I can only pay you in popcorn shrimp. Smell you later! I can't believe smell you later replaced goodbye. Smell you later. Smell you Smell later. You later. <laughs> right, we got our first gig. But you traded your amplifier for a boogie board. No problem. I'll just mooch some green off my folks. Should we take the hover bus or the non-hover bus? Non-hover. <laughs> so oh. we... Oh, go ahead. No hover buses yet. <laughs> Still no hover buses. I feel like that's what you guys have in San Francisco with, like, the Google buses versus the normal people buses. <laughs> <laughs> They're more like uh, toilets on wheels yes. for the most part. <laughs> Uh, so we talk about there's all these bad articles like Simpsons predicted uh, these are inaccurate predictions in that they predict in 2030 both Sears and Disneyland will still exist <laughs> I think very unlikely mm, yeah I, I'm shocked Sears is still around now honestly <laughs> they also erroneously predicted that people would invest in public transport to make buses that could hover like no way <laughs> I God. The they make a great note on the commentary that they're like they wanted futury stuff, but for it to be pointless of like they, people can send each other holograms, but it's still like a 1930s <laughs> delivery boy is like telegram, but then it's a hologram. <laughs> Virtual reality involves sucking on a live wire. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's attached to like an Atari 2600. Also, I I love the design. Of that. I like the idea that they're wearing like vision headsets and they're just looking at fudge they're eating yes. like they're sitting still sucking a straw <laughs> it is uh, it is lots of fun to hear marge say cyber fudge yeah I, <laughs> uh, I i gotta be honest i was i was recoiling i was ready for like when they say virtual fudge tastes like crap i worry what direction they're going in <laughs> with that joke with hope like homer that is crap your virtual crap you're eating not the fudge something uh, <laughs> thankfully i didn't have it i i I will say in my headcanon that Bart and Ralph are lovers, like it that is supported by the casualness that Ralph just walks oh. around naked, which I oh, yeah. I guess that's like dude roommate stuff, I suppose. But never I never happened with me. Yeah, I I've I've well I've never been in a two men uh unattached roommate situation. So uh when I lived with a, a woman who we were both roommates, neither of us walked around naked. We were not we were not comfortable in that regard uh but yeah so, so that's why i think ralph is like yeah what do you you've seen me naked what do you care i've never heard this theory but i i totally buy it <laughs> but i feel like like ralph could do better like that's what i'm getting out of this even if he loves oh, him yeah. ralph could do like ralph is like got his life together kind of but mm -hmm. he still has that like this guy was cooler than me as a kid so i gotta keep hanging out with him because <laughs> he's cool now and yeah. ralph could do better you know we see where millhouse is at 
clearly at some point Millhouse made it it would be natural that this would be Millhouse with Bart instead yeah so at some point Millhouse made the break in his life he's like I have to get Bart out of my life <laughs> I need to succeed without that or he just followed oh. Lisa to Washington because he's in love with her well, yeah I guess what's weird is that there's no adult Millhouse and adult Bart interaction in this episode when they were yeah. best buds I, and it, I, it just hit me I think the one yeah. thing that's missing is like the mention of ex an ex-wife or ex-wives with Bart yeah uh, and like because he had that in Lisa's wedding. It's true. And also, like, you're right. He could be. This could be a gay relationship because, like, Bart is not like a horny party dude. He's not talking about babes or anything mm. like that like you would expect him to. Right. He's, uh, you know, he's wearing that Hawaiian shirt. Uh. And, uh, Homer suggested it. Uh, but, I, uh, but, yeah, so they, they arrived home. Honestly, that Homer would be alive in 30 years from then <laughs> is, is an insane <laughs> prediction, too. He's, he's looking much worse for wear than he was in Lisa's wedding. Yes, yeah. Even Well, I guess that prostate's keeping him busy. I like that just off screen, there's a, there's a bulging <laughs> robo-prostate on Homer. Uh, but, yes, Bart asks them for a little loan ski. Oh, what a bleak, horrible future we live in! Don't you mean present? Right, right, present. Anyway, can I get you some soil and green? Isn't that made of people? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> hey, Dad, my band finally got a break. I just need a little moolah to get my amp out of hock. How about a little loanski? Oh, I'm tired of giving you money. Why can't you be more like Lisa? I am so sick of hearing about Lisa. Just because she's doing a little better than me. She's president of the United States. President-elect. <laughs> I could have been president, but I'm too real. People can't deal with what I'm laying down. They're just like, whoa, dude, you can't say that. And I'm like, watch me. <laughs> We're not giving you money. Oh, but I want some. You should have thought of that before you dropped out of the DeVry Institute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, DeVry's still around, but I don't hear jokes about DeVry anymore. Yeah. You know? That's weird. We don't even hear, like, University of Phoenix online jokes anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, now every jo well now every school is online. I think college future. has all been revealed to be a fraud, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't uh, matter where you went. All those Harvard yeah. people paying like thirty thousand dollars a semester to now still just have virtual courses are feeling pretty ripped off. <laughs> I think. <laughs> The one element of Bart that I totally forgot about is he's like sort of a, a Polly Shore figure as well because he's got like the the button up with a wild pattern unbuttoned and yeah. like the kind of beach bum sort of vibe to him as well and things like tune skis. Yeah, you're right. It is very weasel. You're right. He isn't, he's not mentioned munching on grindage, but uh, <laughs> that might have been a cut line. And he does surreptitiously ask Lisa to legalize weed. It's so funny, by the way. I know that this is later in the episode, like looking back, the things that they like have to surreptitiously mention, they can't like really be clear with what they're talking about and you're like oh it's weed okay great yeah uh that was that is one where they were off by like uh 15 mm. years like i mean it's not nationally legal yet but it's it's getting more and more decriminalized as we go despite what i think um uh, both presidential candidates say but yeah what you gonna do um <laughs> uh, i i do really uh, one of my favorite jokes in this episode is the great like homer's reaction to ralph's moral objections here we go like, here we go yeah. <laughs> here we go again that's, that's uh, like I, but kind of the most accurate thing to the future now where you're like isn't this all right here we go masks again yeah exactly exactly that that just shows that that was a really good at predicting stuff because like the reaction the interaction is kind of like 
uh, meeting a vegetarian in 2000. Yeah, who's like, yeah. Uh, do you know? Don't you know they put hooves in Jello? I'm not eating Jello, and you're actually like, eh, here we go. But yeah, instead, <laughs> but instead, it's Ralph going like, no, we all know Soylent Green's made of people now. We don't eat it. He's like, here we go. <laughs> Get his soapbox out, like. Uh, Though also Bart's wrong. Every we do call this the future now when we complain about it. Like, oh, this future sucks. We're living in the bad future. <laughs> yeah. I also really do like there's some good like animation acting in Bart of like the second they mention Lisa, just this bitterness in his face <laughs> comes in and you you can tell that he has been you know, the over the thirty years just driven nuts by having to be compared to the ultimate overachiever and that it does bug him, but he also doesn't want to try hard. So uh, I just love that. He's like, I'm too real to be president, but I definitely would be, but people aren't ready for what I'm laying down. I, I am the good, <laughs> I am the good sibling in my family and it sounds pretty frustrating, but I got to say, get on my level sister. Yeah, catch up, get good. <laughs> uh, and uh, as I looked into it, I couldn't believe DeVry is still around despite like decades of lawsuits, like this of, of charges of deception and unlawful practices yet still around uh but uh, then bart as uh, bart heads over to the flanders house we do get to see that the outside of the simpsons house is the same as it was in lisa's wedding even with the window box extra room on it i noticed that the the side addition of the house is what they retain but there's also more they like yeah. built more things onto it in the future so they retain like homer is improving the house in very bad ways <laughs> uh, they, but one thing that Lisa's wedding had that this doesn't, Maud. There was oh. an elderly Maud in Lisa's wedding. Oh, but, you're right. But Maud's already gone by this point. So I would be lying if I said that this joke about laser eye surgery didn't scare me away <laughs> from doing laser eye surgery in my youth. I, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, you're a fellow glasses wearer, Mike. Is the, have you yeah. ever considered LASIK or have you had it? I have, I have considered it and I've heard good things about it. But it's that it's that weird price point where it's just enough money where I'm like, I don't know if I if this is worth more than glasses are. And I feel like I also have like a weirdly shaped head that glasses give a good little focal point to <laughs> to like move away from the potato surroundings. And so I kind of like having something to accessorize with. Uh, you know, you're selling me on glasses more now. Yeah, no, I. Uh, I've I've considered it too. I've had multiple friends who've had it who say very nice things about it. And I'm like, no, it's great, or it's uh, uh, it's crazy to wake up and just see instead of like I'm just used to like yeah, waking up. I'm blind until I grab my glasses. Like that's just how the morning is. But you can see yourself in the shower. Frankly, I'm over it. <laughs> I I don't want to know what my naked thighs <laughs> look like, honestly. Right. But but yeah, I uh, I I think at the bottom of it all is this joke that like well you know 10 years after you get laser eye surgery your eyes fall out uh, lasik was like new then uh now i i read a 2019 article on webmd about like it is pretty safe there's it said like maybe a 10 percent risk of like eye pain that will subside over time from you know getting lasers blasted into your eyes <laughs> but but it's not uh you know the, the we've had 20 years now 20 plus years of of popularized lasik surgery and people are fine so i will say uh because she tweeted about it i was 
wasn't sure if it was public knowledge, but our uh, friend of the show, Maddie Cop, who's done some of our art, she had like pretty extensive eye surgery in oh. 2018. And before that, her glasses were half an inch thick. Wow. I'm looking at a picture of them on Twitter. So it helped her a lot. That's good. Yeah. That's and good. she recovered yeah. uh, remarkably quickly from it. I thought my glasses were thick and that's dang. Man, I... She sold them to the antique Coke bottle store. <laughs> <laughs> she made a mess. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Bart shows up with his mooching sack and, uh, Ned still doesn't want to give it to him. I love to Bart does the ultimate dirt baggy move of like, this is a dirt bag last resort of saying like, you know what? You're right. You're right. And this is the last time I'll ask for it. So I'll turn around. <laughs> Uh, I like the he brought only the small mooching sack. He was being a little yeah. humble. <laughs> I guess actually I kind of have that mooching sack now because it, right. it, my uh, I I bought that designed by a friend of the show Nina Matsumoto that wallet of bury me with my money from Sunset Riders and it came with like literally that mooching sack around it of the the classic dollar bill bag. Yeah, I kind I do like the designs of Rod and Todd. Uh, their future designs, I think it's funny. It's a little cheap joke, I guess that they're like both closet gay men but again they couldn't predict conceive a future where in 2030 them being gay would not be a big deal and there'd be no need to stay in the closet but going to your theory bart already knows they're gay and no one else does based on the fact so maybe bart is within that community as well oh mm. that's how he knew to not out them you're right see that. he saw them at the same club or who knows right. maybe they they there's some uh romantic history between them i'm i'm enjoying this made-up mythology more and more <laughs> <laughs> so bart then goes to his uh crab shack show at nelson's uh place i and uh, there's some fun jokes about just plugging in an amp wrong though i spotted a yellow carl in the reaction yeah. shot there's a little goof him up there carl is briefly not black for a few seconds in the show he shows up later with his proper skin color yeah which i love that <laughs> him, him lenny and barney are just like they're all like 70 and still drinking <laughs> together not at moe's but they will be in moe's later and uh, I'm very impressed by them. Like uh, seven years after I Love Lisa, they finally get another uh, Willie being yeah. Scotty on Star Trek joke. It took them. Uh, they've got two. <laughs> but, <laughs> and this time it's actually about shields. I like that. The, and, the, the laser chicken wire is very funny. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like It's a good, you know, it reminds you of the, like the Blues Brothers, the original Blues Brothers movie, except it's lasers now. That I do think the elephant in the room in writing this for them must have been Futurama because Futurama a second season like aired as this was airing and i wonder if there were some thoughts of like is this too much like futurama like especially the the laser chicken wire and that and the news vision laser after this uh, yeah. i i think th i mean i want to say that uh, on the commentary dan granny was like we are we were fighting as to how futuristic to make this so in a way like it's kind of a screw you to the viewer because it's not like lisa's wedding where it's like what will the future be like and this one it's like well there's some future things but also bart has a cassette deck <laughs> and uh they're still watching bewitched and things like that so it's very like uh mixed up uh but why why don't we give a little listen to a captain bart original now, we'd like to play a Jimmy Buffett song, but he uncoolly charges people to cover them. <laughs> so here's a Captain Bart original. <laughs> Wasted once more in Dakaritaville. Ripper! Get off the stage! <laughs> <laughs> need more power. The shield won't hold much longer. That's, uh, I also love the sla sloppiness of Dakaritaville. Like yeah. it's a it's a daiquiri, but then Aritaville is still attached to it. I love that. 
and that he defines charging to could do covers as uncool <laughs> i just love it. Uh, and that he's big enough for jimmy buffett to notice oh yes yeah it's uh, buffett i mean buffett's probably sued him like twice at this point <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah how many margaritavilles has buffett shut down before he built his own oh my god i <laughs> i bet he's more litigious than like nintendo uh, is with a used game sh- store putting mario in their side oh yeah, yeah totally <laughs> Uh, and uh, there's also a good return of the hover bus joke. So we see a bunch of hover buses drive by and then a shitty old regular bus drops off Bart and, and Ralph. Uh, yes, yeah, they, they arrive. That's where we get to see, like, it is a really fun bungalow they have there. Which, yeah. uh, I, and I do love that Bart loves Bewitched, like specifically reruns of Bewitched. That again is so, that's another bit on the commentary where they seem to be going like, they want to say this reminds them of like a brother-in-law or something, <laughs> but they, they go like, oh, this doesn't remind us of anyone we know no 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 like yeah watching uh <laughs> bad daytime tv reruns was the hallmark of being an unemployed loser in yeah. this time period yeah i could go for some bewitched right now though but uh and, you know bewitched is pretty camp going more to my bart is gay theory but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes bart is told smell you later forever by ralph because they've been evicted uh it's all falling apart and bart knows there's only one way out of this mess no, I've got to have a beer in there. And Bewitched is on. <laughs> now we've got no home, no money, and our band's going nowhere. And it's all your fault. Smell you later, Bart. Smell you later forever. Oh, he's right. I'm a loser. There's only one way out of this mess. From around the globe to your frontal lobe, this is Brain Vision News. Tonight's winning lotto number, four, four, six. Damn, I was so close. I had three, two, seven. In other news, <laughs> President-elect Lisa Simpson moves into the White House tomorrow. The 17-bedroom home features free long distance, laundry service, and three food kitchens. <laughs> so I'm the president's no good brother. Moochie, moochie. Ah, hmm? uh, man, that, that, they do so many great suicide <laughs> jokes in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I say every time, self-harm, not something to joke about. But they really loved this suicide joke here of just the or the fake out of it, I suppose I should say. Yeah, yeah. I I love free long distance as well. Free yeah. long distance in the future. That was quite an amenity in the late 90s. <laughs> we were still uh, in the long distance wars. Now we have all the long distance I could handle and I don't call anybody. <laughs> I, should, I should call my mother more. I know. I know. But I yeah, I also love the Kent. Kent describes it as the fr- from a freeloader's perspective. That's how he describes the White House. Food kitchen <laughs> is a great uh, pointless descriptor. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Grainy credits that one to Meyer. George Meyer just to fund your Meyer word and same uh the president lisa we see there it's kind of a mashup of her wedding look and also in her monster island fantasy oh you're right uh where he's like president elect actually both of those have a president elect that's right uh but yeah she kind of has the the wavy yeah the wavy hair of her wedding but she's like uh 16 years old i took her as like 22 in Lisa's wedding so and she's 38 here so the elephant in the room uh not just Trump but were we actually thinking about Hillary being a president at this point I... I feel like that was talked about in some form I think she was still like pretty respect like I think she still ranked high on those like 
respected women lists. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it wasn't until she was in the Senate that people were like, well, naturally, the next step is the White House. Well, you know, yeah. a month before this was when Hillary announced she was running in New York for the Senate. Mm. So I think there was definitely more talk of her like aspirations. And as I recall before, you know, Gore did it. There, there were occasional news stories of like, but what if it was Hillary that ran instead of Gore and all that stuff? So, and and I do think the for Lisa's first straight female president line, <laughs> it does feel a little like a wink towards isn't Hillary a lesbian kind? Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, we all. Why wouldn't you assume Hillary's going to be president? We all did. Like for, for like for, uh, first in 2008, I think uh, before before Obama rose up in the polls, I think we all were just like, yeah, it's going to be Hillary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was yeah. a president in the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon before the Simpsons movie. Right, in 07. Yeah. So, this whole stuff here though is very much about a uh, they on uh, the commentary they say Donick Carey is a big Roger Clinton fan, so that, uh. that said where this really came from. <laughs> Though it's it's crazy. This also feels like a what a quaint kind of time of like jokes about Billy Carter, Roger Clinton, of like the you know the fuck up brother or the less famous brother, specifically brother, not even sibling of a president like then you know right after this the you know the bush administration is just the whole family was there yeah and we elected the wrong carter and, uh, <laughs> and let's not forget malik obama the half-brother of obama who's like a white right-wing crank that guy yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh and now it's just the entire family just occupies it. you can't uh, uh like i wish there was just a trump brother you're like yeah trump's brother that weirdo it's like no it's the it's an extended family a very very large <laughs> family of trump weirdos yeah you kind of want like there to be a zeppo trump who's just like this side <laughs> character who's just kind of fun and out there but they're all evil they're all <laughs> even like mary trump that book i'm like you could have you could have done this earlier yeah or release this information for free maybe not in a book you sell like right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh you know if joseph biden were to be elected look up his brother because he looks just like him they're like weird brother twins mm. uh, so were he to be president that would be our next presidential brother and it's really strange how much he looks like him Do we get like a dave situation if joe biden like <laughs> Something happened and we needed to replace him, but we didn't know what to do. Like, could we Dave him? That's what I was thinking uh, immediately when Henry said that. <laughs> I think so. I think I was just thinking of that because somebody very funny on Twitter. The Lincoln Project, Henry. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, the Twitter account Buck Lepard did this very funny collection of just people watching Jay Leno in their movies where he's just yeah. making jokes about like, you seen President Mitchell lately? That's weird. And <laughs> so Dave's in there. But the funny thing is there's a clip of that from Dave and then also in and out. So there's two separate clips of Kevin Klein reacting to Jay Leno joking about his character <laughs> and just turning it off like, Ugh. That's great. <laughs> you can just count on Jay. No, I guess you see Jimmy Fallon in movies sometimes or other other hosts, but I, I feel like it was always in the 90s and early 2000s. It was only Jay Leno who did the uh, fictional scene stuff. Yeah. 
Here's a fun behind the scenes fact about those scenes is I have seen a specific host say no to that and yes, and it depended on the movie. Oh, okay. I didn't know they there was so choosiness about that. Interesting. Not the host I work for. Nobody asked us to do things, but (laughs) 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 the host I worked for in the past. Okay. Uh, I you know, there's something about those scenes I do love. They're not I mean, with Jane Leno, I don't even laugh at them. They're not funny, but I always also when like Larry King shows up, even Larry King and Ghostbusters. Oh, it's like yeah. these Ghostbusters. Like, right. Uh, you know who loves that is Wolf Blitzer now. Wolf Blitzer will appear in like every sci fi film, being like, and that's when the monsters invaded, and they'll have like a panel with Neil deGrasse Tyson saying something stupid. I'm sure he's reported on the Transformers before in the past. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Warner Brothers owns CNN and Superman, and in the uh, Batman <laughs> versus Superman movie, it's like Charlie Rose is talking to a fictional, uh, like, this is. <laughs> before all that but charlie rose is like how far does superman get to go and then Neil deGrasse tyson is like i don't know superman can do anything <laughs> superman then shows up and throws charlie rose into the sun for being a pervert uh, i saw so much with my x-ray vision charlie rose you're a monster uh, anyway so yes lisa is now the president and she's uh giving her first official address to the press corps Yes, I am proud to be America's first straight female president. Helen? Wasn't I wearing a hat? Yes, yes you were. Now in conclusion, my administration will focus on the three R's. Reading, writing, and refilling the ocean. Thank you very much. As you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. How bad is it, Secretary Van Houten? We're broke. The country is broke? How can that be? Well, remember when the last administration decided to invest in our nation's children? Big mistake. (laughs) The Balanced Breakfast Program just created a generation of ultra-strong super criminals. And Midnight Basketball taught them to function without sleep. What about my pledge to build the world's largest bookmobile? Isn't there any money left for that? No. So... Well, well, first... (laughs) Helen Thomas, right? Yes, Am let's I right? talk about Helen Thomas. Uh, famously yeah. a White House press correspondent for a number of decades. Started it, with JFK. And uh, she'd always be very uh, vocal in that room with the best mm-hmm. uh, or funniest questions. And uh, she would not make it to 2030. She died in 2013. If she was still alive in this uh, cartoon, she would have been, tw- uh, sorry, 110 wow. in 2030. Oh, so, uh, in You know, in the late 90s and in both the Clinton and Bush administration, it was a fun thing if you were a news viewer to see a Helen Thomas just pop, uh, the late Helen Thomas just pop up and be like, Mr. President, why do you do that? Like that, that'd be funny. Uh, I had forgotten why she had left the White House in 2010. Uh, she said, uh, Oh, shit, you're right. Said a lot of stuff about a certain group of people that control everything and uh, that, uh, that many people felt was very anti Semitic. Uh, and so uh, in 2010, she was uh, not invited to the White House press corps anymore. And I don't think she, I completely forgot that when I saw this Helen Thomas joke, I was like, yeah, Helen Thomas joke from like 2004. And then I went to Wikipedia and I was like, right. Yeah. When right. you said it, I just remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know, you know, it's what you going to do? do. She got old. Also, as far as predicting the future, we have too much ocean now. It's not we need to refill the oceans. We get got that, too much. Get of it out of here. <laughs> I also like that the Trump administration, uh, their issue was that they spent like too much government money on like 
educational programs. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they. <laughs> But so, also, there's sort of like an echo of the super criminals thing in there. Oh, that yes. I, striking me. Like, I kept going back to that being like, that's an interesting choice in mm. some, because I feel like, like we said, that was a big conversation in the 90s where it's like, are we like coddling these urban teens to be super criminals? And it feels like that's the joke here, but in a very weird way. Yeah, no, I definitely, I wrote down super predator in my thing. Oh, because, predator, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does. The the programs Millhouse is referring to were the ones that were like, you know, the social programs that were intended to fix the super predators that we were being warned about from like both sides of the aisle in the 90s. And so having that come up here of just like, oh, that midnight basketball actually just made them able to see in the dark like a function without sleep which is like okay who are you scared of here who are we supposed to imagine when you talk about midnight basketball it it made me slightly uncomfortable (laughs) uh but yeah okay president trump she said it i feel like our uh so like the escalation of craziness in terms of who got elected like it started at uh governor jesse ventura when like that's cr- a wrestler is a governor and then we get arnold schwarzenegger and it's like well nothing is crazier than this and then 2016 <laughs> obviously president trump but um i do remember like a lot of uh celebrity camp well not a lot just a few notable ones like oh the celebrity is running for something how zany and one of those was howard stern potentially running for governor of new york my uncle was a huge howard Stern fan and I was like keeping up with all the Stern stuff when I was far too young but he was appearing on Letterman talking about running for governor with a lot of the same Trumpian promises Mm -hmm. uh, because he Trump was on Stern show all the time yeah I mean they all speak to a same kind of like populism uh, style of just like these clowns in Washington can't do it I'm a businessman or I'm a regular guy I could fix it like they all Ross Perot spoke to the same thing too, the same kind of outsider status but and and yeah I mean this uh, uh the Trump thing like it wasn't it, this became the ultimate Simpsons predicted an article thing like just the screenshot of Lisa sitting at her desk I've seen in so many like thumbnails for articles online but Trump had been very open about publicly toying with the idea of running for president for almost 20 years before he ran for president like there was an npr article i found uh uh, that charted like all his appearances saying it like there's they they were like no in 1988 he appeared on larry king and oprah and was just like oh i'd like to run for i'm not doing an impression i won't do it but (laughs) but he's like i would run for president but i'm very busy but i think america needs me blah 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 that was 88 when he was considering it in the you know dukakis bush then we come to 1999 and he's saying the same thing he's he's talking up a potential vanity run i do think you know they didn't just pull it out of thin air the idea that trump could be president or the ridiculousness of a president trump yeah i guess we can uh this is our time to get mad at young people because i do see like younger people surprised it's like oh there's a joke about trump in this wow that's crazy it's just like no when i bought my first mad magazine in 1989 it was full of donald trump jokes because yeah. he was a laughing stock for like 40 years before he became president just like i remember when uh, back to the future uh two turned uh, 30 or whatever or 25 it's like Biff kind of reminds me of Trump. It's like, that was the joke. And then when, when you, were, you were showing me these clips, Henry, uh, when he's on Larry King at age like 41 in 1989, the same year that movie came out, I'm like, yeah, it, he is Biff Tannen. No, 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 yeah. I, I was once yelled at by someone online because I write for a political comedy show where they're like, you guys just... 
like late night show hosts didn't used to be like this. And I found like a clip, a bunch of clips of Johnny Carson doing Trump jokes. It's like, no, people have done this forever. Like, yeah, there were Trump jokes. There were Trump jokes on like Tiny Tunes. Yes, yeah. Yes. And when they did it in the early 90s, it's like, well, we've all known about Donald J. Trump for 10 years at this point. He's just, well, like him being president in a way is like the uh, the final 80s throwback. That yeah. I'm just like, no more, please. <laughs> no. Uh, but, but yeah, like I have a quick clip here. This is Trump in, on the Larry King show in 1999. And it's all about what he'd do if he ran for president. We're back with Donald Trump. We're going to be all over the board tonight talking about lots of issues as he announces the formation of exploratory committee uh, to possibly seek the candidacy of the reform uh, party. You have a vice presidential candidate in mind? Well, I really haven't gotten quite there yet. Uh, but I suppose, guess it's just you Oprah. Wheels. I love Oprah. Oprah would always be my first choice. Oprah. Uh, Oprah. Your competitor, right? Your no, competitor. Oprah's she, competitor. You know what? No she's, I'll tell you, she's really a great woman, though. She is a terrific woman. He is so different now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I think Larry King is holding up better. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. We're going <laughs> to launch this podcast in two months. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, uh, so he'd, he'd always been talking about, as Grainy told us in our interview, he's just like, yeah, we just thought it would be a ridiculous thing to think and how silly it would be. And obviously it would never happen. They just, they thought what would be a funny person for Lisa to say was she was succeeding as president and boom, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and as, uh, as 2016 roiled on, people were talking about like, uh Oh, the Simpsons said this. And like, I know Matt Groening in one interview was just like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we predicted it. And, uh, the chalkboard gag for the episode that aired on November 13th, 2016 was being right sucks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. But anyway, he, uh, all this stuff about the country being out of money, too. That is a very late 90s thing, too. Oh, uh, the deficit. Yes, the deficit, right? Oh, yes, uh, the yeah. deficit, right? Every human being owns 40, uh, owes $40,000 to China. Right. Yeah. And what if they come to collect? Uh, the truth is money is fake, and we could just make as much as we want. We pretend it's real, though. Yeah. God, I remember those conversations. I haven't thought of those like those those again. We owe so much to China. Our country's failing. Conversations, and again, Lisa's the one who's bringing this up. This is an issue where she's not like money's fake. She's like, well, we need to find a way to pay back these people because the budget's all there is. Yes. Yeah, Lisa is like the perfect uh, neoliberal candidate in this episode. I mean, West Wing is very new at this time. Yeah, like, this is. I don't. I won't say they were influenced by West Wing, but this was uh, the vision. I think it's cut from the same cloth as President Bartlett of like a hyper competent president who takes seriously the deficit you're just like look they they're liberal but they also know the deficit's nothing to joke about you gotta you gotta pay <laughs> stuff back like uh but but yeah i mean i I'll, I'll just suggest people listen to friends of the show citations needed that podcast has a great episode a couple episodes about deficit trolling and how people only make a big deal about it for social programs we spend billion trillions on wars and and all that stuff that is not that meant money is meaningless but i it's it's a very late 90s thing to be like what about the we owe so much money america's broke like we print the money we're not broke like that's that doesn't happen but yeah so as lisa is trying to govern bart moves in and i i'm shocked he got that close to lisa before being tackled by the secret service and uh, it almost feels like a slight reboot of the show of just like the simpsons living in the white house together and it's just yeah, suddenly like there's no explanation but suddenly like homer and marge are there 
Yes, yeah. They also they make a great point on the commentary not for Homer, but this extends to Bart too. Once you are a relative of you gets elected to president, you are rich for the rest of your life and you have nothing to worry about. And I'm sure like Secret Service is guarding you as like the parents of the president. What Bart should be doing is writing a tell-all on Lisa growing up and he's like, that's he's a millionaire like that. Like, no, he has no money problems. Honestly, he's being pretty nice just being a freeloader in her house instead of like selling out to the opposition party (laughs) with secrets on her. But I feel like that would work, like his band would be better if he worked at it. I feel like he needs a success pattern that someone else does something for him, which yeah. I know for me sounds like a very conservative view and is not. <laughs> I just think that he is a freeloader. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, Bart is the ultimate freeloader here for sure. Right? And I also do like that they instantly just fall into their childhood antics of like, mom, Lisa won't share. That's, <laughs> that's great. Um, so then the family is eaten together in the old West Wing. I've been racking my brain trying to think of something to cut from the budget. (laughs) Hey, where's Maggie? Here she is. And look how big she's gotten. (laughs) Oh, just like her mommy, Maggie Sr. So, what did everyone do today? Appointed a Supreme Court justice. Oh. Bewitched marathon. Search for Lincoln's gold. Dad, that's just a myth. Lincoln didn't hide any gold in the White House. Then what is his ghost protecting? (laughs) Hey, that's my helicopter. Yeah, I sent it to pick up Ralph. No one was using it. I fell out two times. Bart, you do not send a billion-dollar helicopter to pick up your drinking buddy. You've changed, Lisa. You used to be cool. No, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, She's the only one to rebuff that comment. I love that. Yeah, the used to be cool thing works on everybody until he he tries it on a nerd. He's like, no, I I've ne- uh, I like. She's like, no, I didn't. I didn't used to be cool. It's like it's even a nerdy reply of like proper grammar. Like, I do really like that Maggie joke because it's it's a troll to the audience of like, yeah, we'll <laughs> never show you grown up Maggie. Like, <laughs> but there there is a cutscene you showed me, right? Yes. Yeah. They they had fully animated a scene of Maggie senior she's visiting the moon and she's there are little green moon men like classic 60s style little green moon men that she's visiting i i wonder if it was cut for being too futurama i don't know maybe and instead of talking she's got like the kind of like scuba rebreather in her mouth or whatever in space pacifying uh up in space and uh and yeah also the the lincoln's gold thing it was really funny to hear on the commentary because dan grady is is honest he's like i did not like that you added this to my story and this was mike scully and george meyer doing it and he's like hey we're all friends now but he he didn't feel a b story was needed i do like how they they cop to it in the in the show itself like oh they thought it was a little thin the bart and lisa stuff That's how it works in cre- in the writers room sometimes, you know. You you write you write your script and then the boss is like, "Hey, this need this needs something else." Uh, Homer's cre- quest for gold is pretty pretty wacky town. It's a, it's it's like barely a B story. It has like what, three scenes? It's yeah. it's it's just cute. It's it's fun and cute. At least like uh what else are we going to see Homer do like eat or also be That's the thing. Homer, you know, I think it's a smart move. Homer can't be lazy in this episode cuz then he's like 
stealing parts bit. So uh, yeah. they give him a proactive thing. There actually should be more of a connection made. Like, yeah, of course Bart's lazy. His dad is the laziest mooch hmm. in the world. <laughs> I don't know. Homer went out and got a Lincoln hat for his search for that's whatever true. reason. I got to think he stole that from the Smithsonian. <laughs> I, I think that's truly Lincoln's hat. I'll tell you what, another joke I had forgotten. The joke that the des- that the death sports of the future are segregated. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was shocking that they're like, oh yeah, there'd still be segregation. In the- oh, so dark. Then the, as Lisa is giving her presentation, she gets smacked in the face with a Frisbee, which is a real failure by the Secret Service there. And I love Bart's insistence after they shoot his Frisbee. It's like, a new, new one. one. Yeah. <laughs> or that it was not even a new frisbee to begin with he just like found it right uh and also the i do like in the design on the washington monument there's jets and rings around it that's fun yes i love that detail another great i just have a quick clip of it bart's speech about looking for a job is again perfect perfect for these type of guys relax Lee. you'll live longer i can't relax being president is hard work Maybe you should try doing something with your life. I'm gonna. Yeah, did you even call about that messenger job? Yeah, but they said I wouldn't get my first check for two weeks. Meanwhile, they're making major interest on my salary. (laughs) Such, what a dick. Oh, God. So it's like, that's how every job works, Bart. You don't get paid for two weeks. And he's implying like, you're a sucker for having a job. They're making all that money off of you. (laughs) Not me. Uh, I'm not fault. You're not, I'm not part of your system. Yeah. That he, but uh, I I mean, just also the way Lisa phrases it, like, did you even call back on that messenger job? Like that's, that's just how you talk to the, the fuck up in your family (laughs) that you're just like, come on, dude. Not that I have any family members I would name who are like that. Mm. No, honestly, my brother and I, I think we're leveled off. He makes, I think he makes a little more than me, but I'm not part of the system, man. You're more famous on the internet, so. That's true. Show show him. No, but I, hey, I love my brother. We're just, uh, we're both good, good pals. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I should talk to him uh, sometime. I should just have him on a, like a quick interview of like, hey, remember when we both watched The Simpsons together? Like, cause we, I'd say for a time, me and my brother were equal Simpsons fans. Uh. <laughs> I also do love in 2030, Bart is still using a tape deck boom box. That's so good. But as it's yet- retro, it came back. It's cool again, man. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's going to be throwing their LPs in the ocean by 2030 and buying cassette tapes. Like, uh, no, this, you can act, you can hear all the warmth with this. The hiss? How did we listen to this without the hiss? Uh, the hiss feels so wonderful. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the... Uh, then there's a quick scene of Homer and Marge searching for gold. I I, I do like the Marge points. I like, you just started counting from an arbitrary place. <laughs> uh, and, and Homer's dickish, like, gold bars found by Marge, like... That is just a line George Meyer says in the writer's yeah. room to shut people down, as they say. <laughs> then Lisa is planning to address the nation. She needs a big tax hike to, to pay off this deficit. And uh, Bart is here to help. <clears throat> My fellow Americans and voting illegal aliens, I will not mince words. Your country needs you. That's why today I'm proposing a temporary refund adjustment. Refund? Hey, sounds good to me. Ship each attack. We love you, President Simpson. The months ahead will be long and arduous, but it is only through arduosity that if you like refund adjustments and the music I play, send a check to my friend Ralph and he'll mail you a tape. Ah, <laughs> uh, this 
is my brother, Bart, who doesn't seem to realize this isn't the best time for his music. He's one of the people I want to help with my programs. Hey, Lise, my music is going to make it a lot easier for America to swallow your big tax hike. <gasps> tax hike? Hold the phone, Mabel. You know I never trusted her. Don't blame me. I voted for Chastity Bono. you want the Post Office Box 30452. Good night, America. And we're out. Why, you little... <coughs> Help! <coughs> Secret Service! Was Chastity Bono the former president? Uh, it sounds like uh, they ran against Lisa and, okay. and lost, I think. Uh, though, actually, that would fit with... That's what at, I was saying. Yes, at the time, uh, yeah. yeah. At the time. Now, obviously, Chaz Bono is his name there. Yep, so let's... But but in 1995, Chaz Bono came out as a lesbian, and uh, I believe his transition, uh, you know, very public and uh, brave transition in 2009. Like as I mean, poor Chaz Bono has been famous from the second he was born. Has had to go through like the public divorce of his parents and just yeah. like a whole lot of bullshit. So I, I wish Chaz nothing but the best. Uh, more a line uh, not intended to be as ugly as it feels now, but voting illegal aliens. I just like ugh. <laughs> Yeah, that joke is a lot more loaded. I mean, it kind of was loaded there yeah, too. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I guess that's one of those like ad both sidesy kind of jokes. Like, hey, we'll make fun of uh, a immigrant. We'll mock immigration as well. Sure, but also, do you notice Future Mo in wedding? He had an eye patch. And now, oh, no eye patch. A better future for this Mo. <laughs> I, let's assume he got a glass eye. But then again, you know what? Nobody's talking about the World War Three that Britain saved us from. <laughs> <in this>. like, <laughs> What what like there's like I like the the headcanon that there's one specific event that changed the entire future of the Simpsons and we don't know what that event is. <laughs> what ha yeah, something, you know, maybe the Hugh Parkfield thing never even happened or like the, <laughs> some information that the well, no, because the fortune teller told Lisa that future is immu immutable, so that try she, to be surprised, right? Yeah, the whole temporary refund adjustment thing is is pretty funny too. Colossal I, tax grab, I, a salary grab. Yes, sorry, yeah. I I love how Millhouse says like, "Well, if you want to out and out lie," and Lisa just has a blank reaction to that. He's like. Okay, the temporary <laughs> refund adjustment. She likes fiscal solvency. Again, a perfect West Wing style neoliberal. Yes, yeah. Well, hey, look, it was the end of history. Who knew in 18 months after this aired how much everything would be different, you know? But also that, Lisa, I find it hard to believe, even in the progressive 2030, that an unmarried woman would be allowed to win the presidency. Like, I feel that that would just not be trusted by, by middle America. And yet she seems to be unmarried, this Lisa, mm. uh, especially since Millhouse is still hopeful. That, <laughs> uh, but uh, I also love that the phrasing actually did work for a time until Bart says tax. Nobody realizes it's a tax. I also think that hold the phone Mabel thing is a reference to the wife of Alexander Graham Bell, Mabel Bell. Hmm. I think I believe. Was that like an old saying? I mean, hold the phone is a current saying, I guess, but yeah. I, maybe Mabel was part of that. Maybe. I think I think it is an oldie time saying. Uh, one of those classic uh, Simpsons bringing back old time sayings there. And I do like the drawing of the Secret Service uh, <laughs> strangling Bart. <laughs> so then when we come back from the commercial break, uh, they're talking the tax hike has been so rejected by the public they can't do that 
What can they do? I love one suicide. Of the, the mass Sorry. suicide payback plan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, Bob. Yeah, uh, quite, there's so many. You're right. There are so many suicide jokes in season uh, eleven. Yes, uh, yeah, I guess this era specifically. Just like wow, suicide. What a concept. Uh, yeah, it's uh, again Homer. Homer planning to kill himself after the pharma didn't work out. Yeah. The, again, I I just have to say like I don't think these countries can ask for your their money back to the U.S. because we have all the nukes. Like yeah. it's just. Yeah. Uh, I heard Tim Allen once talk about like, hey, you know, this deficit thing, America's like a family and we, no. you know, the, the father earns this. And I'm just like, can the father like rob a bank whenever he feels like it and, and with no punishment? Like, because I think the right response is, I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you another joke that stuck with me, too. The secret murders jokes. Oh, me really too. Oh, me I love too. that joke. I love it. You get three murders. Uh, uh, Kearney uh, really moving up in the world. Oh, yeah. He, he really... He really overcame his status as like a, a single teenage father. Yeah, what? He's 60 at this point, though. Probably. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, as Nelson, the best he could do is like sleazy nightclub owner who can't pay people. But Kearney's fully secret service. I Every year they visit the grave of Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the three secret murders jokes, it feels very much like a whitewater kind of joke at the time. Oh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, He's very professional as a Secret Service agent. Like, he's he's kicked off his childish ways, and he's super professional. He's like, this is the situation. I can kill someone or not. It is your choice. <laughs> uh, and also, he lets her know, like, it's a limited time. You know, once you're not... If, if former presidents <laughs> don't get it, you only get to do it then. Uh, I, I like to imagine, you know, every previous president on the day before, they're just like, oh, I gotta pick... I can't waste it. All right, three, <laughs> three free ones. Right. Uh, and that he even... Carter just bragged that he never never use them and everyone's like we get it jimmy carter you're good <laughs> uh you're so full of yourself think you're so great because you didn't use the secret murders <laughs> and when bart comes into the room too and he complains about his moped he's like a dollar's worth of gas <laughs> like uh <laughs> When I put like three dollars of gas in my car just to get somewhere, I did feel like uh, I felt like I failed. I <laughs> failed in my life. That... Technically, the uh, it being on E is just a warning. Sure, you got time left. <laughs> it's a suggestion. Yeah, and then we get a like a high five to Alan Greenspan, who he died six years after this aired. But they imagine Greenspan like. Uh, he was nobody I when he was alive I don't remember people made he was treated as like an apolitical figure mm. I like I remember on the UCB sketch yeah. show they were just like he's just the guy in charge of money whatever his politics are are meaningless he's just the money guy and he would have been 104 in 2030 oh, really? or he would wow. be yeah, he, if he survived uh though though then after his death that's when I found out like oh yeah Greenspan was like an objectivist and he's he was a, a hardcore libertarian i think uh and plus they like he he passed away before the recession hit that he partially caused that lucky bastard <laughs> yeah and uh yeah. bart is proclaimed secretary of keeping it real as he sent on a bullshit mission to camp david i was just thinking about how you never hear camp david in the news anymore uh yeah yeah like i, I think trump uh he goes he just he goes golfing he doesn't go to camp david yeah. like golf i think just, just like golf replaced camp david as like your retreat <laughs> i mean why would right. you go to camp david when you could go to mar-a-lago like it's such a beautiful place full of like sweaty floridian businessmen <laughs> i've heard about those good cakes uh god yeah. 
uh, I, I looked up, uh, there was a new story in May of this year where they're like, oh, Trump went to Camp David. That's weird. He never does that. Like that it's, uh, apparently he's only done it a handful of times in his presidency. You'd hear about Camp David all the time back then. Like every, all the peace summits at Camp David. And then we get a Kissinger joke and he is still alive. Unfair. Can you yep. believe that? Hey, you know, two months from now, when yeah, this goes live... I'm not knocking wood on that no, one. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, man, when Kissinger... Like, here's the thing, though. Is I don't want Kissinger to die now, because you know that Biden's going to be like, what a great man. Like, there's going to be a tweet that I'm like, no! Yeah. He's going to yeah. wrap so many rent medals around his neck before he passes. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you're right. You know what? At the very least, let's wait till after the election, and if Biden... I want to always say if on these things. If Biden were president, then it's like, fine, then I can roll my eyes at it then, but please don't do it before the election. <laughs> And then we cut to Camp David. I also really love the beer guy turn here sign. Like that's such a, a little, great sign. A little balloon taped up. And uh, like uh, Krusty is there uh, in his old Groucho get up from Lisa's wedding. Yeah, they. I'm glad they didn't think of like some new design for him. It's funnier just to see him as this like uh, honestly like sack, a Kissinger style sack of skin that's <laughs> being carted around in a wheelchair. I think his only line in Lisa's wedding was, Ugh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, and that is white makeup is turned green at this point so good uh, well then there's another joke too that's like boy this is some pre-9-11 jokes about pakistan and india yeah oh yeah that it like the biggest fear pre-9-11 was well obviously we're all fine but pakistan just got a nuclear weapon and they're definitely going to nuke each other like that's another one not to say there are never hostilities between those two countries now but there were so many jokes in the late 90s about like well they're gonna nuke each other any day now like that that the, the there was the concert to bomb bangladesh joke oh right in, uh, in season 10 you're right yeah uh and also you know another design i really like the auto future auto design i wish he had a line like yeah he has yeah. a he has a brett michael style headband on now which i just love i'm glad <laughs> auto survived uh yeah he's honestly he probably is the one who turned bart on to all that weed <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, revision. Maybe Bart lives with Otto would be a fun, a fun one too. Yeah. In this, in this dirt bag scenario. Maybe Otto's kicked him out already at this point. Yeah, Otto got his life together a little bit. <laughs> and then the other folks added. Uh, they're not identifiable enough. It's just like there's, yeah. there's just a couple of guys there. I wish they would have aged up more of the regular characters to hang out with Bart at this, uh, this coolness summit. What's adult Wendell look like? Mm. You know. <laughs> Oh boy, now jokes about the hidden pornography of Bill Clinton. I don't do not go in there. Uh less less said the better there. I do like uh in the show how now there are these false stakes. Like Bart's not gonna get to write his report on coolness. So no. <laughs> You're right. They really play it up like it's a real thing. Sorry, Mike. No, no, no. I was just laughing at what you were saying. But yeah, I do like how there's like dramatic music and Bart is like, it's like, no, this is all just a giant ruse, Bart. It's like you're just being sent away to, to waste time. Uh, you're right, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> There's also there's so many turns in this episode that are so such easy turns where it's like you're gonna go to Camp David and in that scene it's like you gotta go back. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's it does feel like there is obviously Bart gets uh, I got the clip for it but Bart gets a speech from a helpful ghost 
but that doesn't it doesn't end with an emotional change where he's like i've got to prove lisa wrong yeah or, i gotta go home it's just he just appears back at the white house the next time you see him and did anyone else get like a shining vibe from this scene it doesn't feel like oh, they were they yeah. were doing that but it's like well if, if a ghost bartender serves you something alone you're in the shining yeah i think that trope at least was there it might not have been like a direct one-to-one but i think it was like yeah that's how I felt, too. I think at the very least, I, I'd love to see the script for this to see if they indicate it there. But at the very least, when the animators were given the script and saw there was a scene of a guy alone at the bar meets a ghost, they saw it as a shining reference and drew it in there. Like, I think I think he's even dressed the same, Billy Carter, as the uh, helpful bartender that tells him to kill his family. Or I guess that's Mo who says to kill your family, <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> kill your family. But yeah, Billy Carter, the the late Billy Carter, he passed away in 88. He barely even got to enjoy the, the thrills of being a... A, a famous president's brother it's fitting he's serving beer because he's the inventor of billy beer yeah i'm seeing a lot of pictures of him online uh wearing the billy beer t-shirt <laughs> i that's why we never even got to drink it because he was gone by the time there there should be a billy beer return but i guess nobody wants to remember like 1978 anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes bart is visited by a friendly ghost lisa's counting on me for this coolness report <laughs> coolness report <laughs> You've been had, boy. Billy Carter's ghost? Damn straight. And I'm here to tell you, you've been sent on a wild goose chase. You mean Lisa wanted to get rid of me? Well, that's a big 10-4. When my brother Jimmy was making peace in the Middle East, he sent me to Belly Flop Academy. I guess I am an embarrassment. You sure are. And hey, there's an embarrassment to riches at the Caesars Pow Wow Engine Casino. You can bet on it. You put an ad in my vision? Yeah, Crazy Talk came up with that. He got idea from dances with focus groups. Nah, nah, but <laughs> they should have just stopped the Crazy Talk. <laughs> I feel like you'd have one joke about the name thing. Yeah, to bring it back for dances with focus groups, that's... Uh, eh. I mean... The idea that he inserts, uh, you know, paid uh, promotion in his dream sequence, like that's kind of funny. But well, though, also that when it came in here, I was like, Act Two started with revisiting Bart in the present, but Act Three didn't. So mm. they they needed to cut back one more time, I think, before it ended, just in case you like tuned in in the last act. You were distracted yeah. by those ads for stuffed crust pizza or something. <laughs> uh, the oh man, what a the wonderful days of stuffed crust pizza. Pizza, I, pizza I think we were in the Pizzone area, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. More dough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all they got, all of those things were just like, okay, we've got dough and toppings at a Pizza Hut. We can't add new things to it. What more can we do with what dough and toppings? What if we folded the pizza? <laughs> what? <laughs> you... I also love that Bart recognizes Jimmy Carter's brother, like, immediately. It's just like, wait a second. I know you. The yeah. guy from... 78. <laughs> I think Bart has been unfairly uh, compared to Billy Carter several times in his life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, the Bart and Bart, you're right. The, you, the stakes of Bart, like, oh, I got to write this report. It's weird. He takes this seriously for a change, too. <laughs> uh, it's funny that he's like, no, guys, we have to take this seriously. And they're all just pawing around in a box of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Even Krusty gets a lot of energy to go through that porno box. 
again, there's no real state change for Bart. Bart should say out loud, like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going back to Washington or whatever. But, uh, but yes, we get a quick cutaway. The only clip I have from the gold side thing, because it really is just so slight. Yeah. This one is the one memory I have of this episode bothering me because I knew it was going to be a metaphor the second they started doing it, or I predicted, like, is it going to be a metaphor? And so my reaction was totally Homer's reaction <laughs> in this clip. But I did it! I found Lincoln's gold! <gasps> huh? Dear countryman, you have come in search of my gold, and I will not disappoint you. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. My gold is in the heart of every freedom-loving American. Oh, crap! <laughs> it's in our mighty rivers, our majestic... Well, isn't that clever? It's a metaphor! <laughs> that lion! Rail-splitting, theater-going freak! <laughs> I, I like that my favorite bit in that is how long it takes Marge to realize it's a metaphor. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. impressive of homer to just dig in random spots around the white house and find it though yeah that's true yeah it's uh and that uh i didn't figure how it would and when they first entered into it but once homer found something i knew it was going to be a metaphor yeah then it cuts back to uh lisa and her big meeting with the other countries a real parade of accents in this scene but i'll tell you what's really distracting the giant picture of teddy kennedy watching over them yeah <laughs> i feel like someone should have made a joke about that right it feels why isn't there a line about like and now we're in the president teddy kennedy room or something it's just so distracting uh lisa is having trouble convincing them and bart saves the day with his avoiding bill's powers you guys should relax you live longer bart you're supposed to be at camp david you're meeting with debt collectors and you don't want my help? Do you know how crazy that is? <laughs> Guys, the thing is, we totally have the money and we tried to wire it to you, but you know how banks screw up. I do not understand. We tried to call you all day Saturday. We were there Saturday. Dude, I know. And I left a message with some guy named Hans. Hans? He might have been a temp. Very surly. We have had a lot of turnover. You pay now! Now! What happened to you, China? You used to be cool. Hey, China's still cool. You pay later. Later. Solid. The rest of you go on home and look in your mailboxes, because I totally remember sending checks out. And uh, I love Elise's reaction, like, you bought us some time. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that, that's all this does for Bart. It's like, I got two more days of not worrying about this. Yeah. Also, this is what Trumpian economics are. Like, Bart has come in Trump-wise and just been like, we're paying you already. Didn't yeah, you get it? you're right. You're right. And Lisa's uh, like, oh, this is the way to govern. It's to lie. I so, didn't want to lie earlier, but lying's now, lying now is fine. Right. Yeah, it's perfect. This is just you lie and you also bring it down to like, well, this definitely is in the president deals kind of style here, except it's dirtbaggy. <laughs> uh, I, I also do like that the British representative came with like a pipe, like a soccer hooligan. Too. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he plans to beat the president to death in the white house yeah, yeah. uh and that it might have been a temp that is the perfect cover of just like oh well yeah i named a person who didn't work at your place because um it was a temp hmm. that's why yeah. and they have to admit like well we have had a lot of turnover like that's, that's such a great 
it's really really good and yeah the only thing i go really oof at is like the the chinese delegate like that's like hey you know that was the fear of china in the 90s i think you still see that bubble up these days yeah but i feel like we a lot of especially conservatives don't know what to do with that because they also want those business connections with china where we're like you guys suck but also please buy these soybeans please buy these soybeans yeah i know that's uh you know the people in power on the conservative side they can't stoke those racist fires as much as they would like to, I think, because they really do depend on like, no, we have to sell our films in China. We have to sell all this stuff in China. We got to buy this stuff from China. It, and I do think that, uh, you know, there are definitely a lot of uh, folks who are racially angry at China because they're just like, they are about to replace us as number one. Mm. Like they kind of, they want it more. It's arguable that they've already done it, honestly. <laughs> uh but and i but yes then bart is saved the day and he requests that she legalize it which you know that was what people in 2000 i didn't get that joke i did not know what legalize it meant uh i do think that i know it's hack to say but i do think the simpsons writers smoke more weed than a normal person does (laughs) they're eating rotisserie chicken they weren't smoking anything (laughs) i loved in that like in mike reese's book like twice i think he brings up like oh i was smoking pot out of like an apple core or something they they mentioned pot use very lightly and i just like i want one simpsons writer to finally admit like yeah we all recreationally use drugs and it was illegal in the 90s like who cares like yeah a lot of in the well actually i guess it's not legal where you live mike it is not, but it is relatively decriminalized, and right now the cops have bigger things to worry about. Uh, mm. But I wish it—I wish it were legalized. It would be so much easier. I wouldn't have to like surreptitiously have someone come to my apartment to uh, sell me things. I—I would also say that uh, if the writers' room in the '90s were just on weed, then that's doing better than most of those writer rooms. Uh, in the <laughs> '90s, they loved cocaine. Like they loved. I have never seen cocaine in a writers' room because everyone now is like, I don't know, does that have dairy? But like in the <laughs> '90s, they loved cocaine. Man, I didn't. I didn't realize how casual it oh, would have been then. Yeah. Did your Did your PAs have to get that for you? Did you bring your own? <laughs> I would bet. Yes. By the way, I would bet that there was some PAs or assistants that were sent to buy like weed or coke. Because I know I've been, when I was an intern, I was sent on liquor runs at SNL, which they were not legally allowed to do because I was like 20. But <laughs> eh, eh, And hey, that's why Frazier was so funny. Yeah. We oh shouldn't man. look down on it. He was on a lot of uh, fuddy juice then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I also think of how many stories of the Simpsons writers have of like, yeah, you just eat all day like that. <laughs> Perhaps the weed is in there too. I, d- I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, I... I love any story of Simpsons writers eating junk is I I want to hear every single one of them. That's why I feel I feel guilty every time we've had on our friend Kate Raft because it's just like, okay, it's fun to talk about Simpsons and you're a professional writer. But when you worked on The Simpsons, whose order lunch order was this? (laughs) Well, we do ask all the writers uh, about what they ate and how the writer's room just smelled like a greasy bag all day. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, you know. Mike, I, I was wondering, you know, that's right. The writer's room has to be remote these days now, too, huh? Yeah, it does, uh, which is like sort of like, as we know from this podcast, it's a lot harder to like n- sense people's social cues and when they're stopping talking and like <laughs> when someone's like ready to go. Mm. Um, it's a lot hard. It's it's a lot harder. I mean, it's like I'm glad that I have a job and I will continue to be glad I have a job while millions don't, but it's so much harder. It's so much harder. And there's so many more misunderstandings because you're just like, you forget to just tell someone something because you can't just walk over and tell them it. Oh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I heard uh, Al Jean talk about it and say like that he's they haven't had a writer's room since it started and how they when you hear about the things that help spread COVID, it's like this. That's everything in a writer's room. It's you're in an, an enclosed space and you're all talking and laughing and making noises. Digging through the same bowl of candy. Yeah, all touching the same jelly beans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is. I mean, we had a. I mean, I know someone who was on the show who who had it. Like, it was like a close call for everyone. Wow. Dang, I did not know that. Damn, that's tough. Yeah. That's. Ugh, boy. Well, yeah. I hope. Uh, I I hope someday writers' rooms can return and every people can, you know, be bullshitting in front of each other instead of in front of a camera. I I hope someday. <laughs> uh, it would be so much easier. I mean, we like. There's people on staff who like have even said this where where we have writers who are like so excited to do bits in the room because you do get that instant response and you can be a little more physical with it so you can kind of like emote what you're doing a bit better and that's entirely cut off mm. like there's less of that playful feeling and more like I, I have an idea and like kind almost like metaphorically raising your hand for it mm, yeah that uh yeah that must throw off the whole rhythm of the yeah oh, that's tough it uh, does it does <laughs> Uh, one and also like you can't really pitch a sketch that's like well and then of course they go to a crowded place and uh, <laughs> yeah no uh, but uh, uh but anyway yes yeah, says bart saves the future uh, for a couple days uh and then i i like that the he starts a fire that he just walks away from <laughs> proving he's learned no lesson <laughs> and and then it cuts back to regular times and I think in the present, maybe in the script, it was supposed to come off as like the vision gave Bart a warning and he's going to change his ways. But he Bart comes off as seeming very much like, yeah, that's what I'm going to be. Yep. Not changing anything. Not working harder. <laughs> it's it's one of the many times in the series where Bart uh, gets a dark vision of himself in the future and goes, cool. <laughs> Though also, yeah, this is when you compare it to Lisa's wedding, this is this ending kind of falls flat because the lisa's wedding just has this such a touching yeah. moment of lisa realizing like oh you know i love my dad and just she wants to be closer to him because they're they're pulling they're gonna you know drift apart and this could have a moment they could have gone for the emotional beat of the bart realizing like my sister does a lot for me or i'm gonna be with her the rest of my life i should be nicer to her something like that but instead it's like nah it's, uh, they, they just kind of play it uh too light and, they, and there's no music under it either which yeah. uh, could maybe juice yeah. the emotion and the uh, the news that homer assaulted a woman <laughs> that's weird that is <laughs> yeah weird. he shoved a waitress yes yeah that he shoved a waitress that that is so dark for homer that's like that's not funny silly like food monster stuff that's homer got drunk and a woman told him you can't gamble anymore and he shoved he her pushed like, a woman down yeah <laughs> and then marge at some point got into the casino and gambled away twenty thousand dollars uh <laughs> but yes actually let's hear where how, where do they have twenty thousand dollars to even lose? Must have been from that mortgage, right? <laughs> oh, second mortgage. Okay. Now, maybe Homer did a second mortgage and then she did a third. Huh. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, the here's the uh, happy-ish ending. What can I do to thank you? Legalize it. Legalize what? Oh, oh, consider it done. Tasty. That calls for some tunskis. <laughs> Oh, great. Anyone have a paper clip? Gets kinda hazy after that. <laughs> 
Why did a vision of my future include a story about Homer and Lincoln's gold? I guess the spirits thought the main vision was a little thin. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> you still have the power to change your future. I'll do my best. You're a good kid. Here's a coupon for some crab claws. Hey, this is expired. There you are. Come on, we have to go. Dad pushed a waitress and Mom lost $20,000. <laughs> You're not going to believe it, Lise. This cool Indian guy showed me our future. Really? Anything good? I'll say. I've got my own band and a moped. What about me? Yeah, some government job. And that's that. Yeah. yeah. It. Uh, the, I don't know. The music could have come in maybe a little more to give it some emotional stuff. But, but Bart really is just like, yeah, it's good. I got a band and a moped like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Bart should have followed his own advice. He didn't hold the play button in on the cassette deck. Remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, that was yeah. the rule. Yeah. Well, obviously, he's got to blame other people for that, though. <laughs> I do like that his, ha his future gets hazy after that. Like, there is an upcoming choice at that moment that will diverge <laughs> the timelines. <laughs> Uh, what happens to, uh, you after know, the White House burns down again? <laughs> uh, you know, Bart could if he gets famous as the guy who saved the uh, the the nation. That maybe he does ride that into success and mm. being a Supreme Court justice. You know, maybe maybe Lisa does a very you know bad presidential move late in her administration and appoints Bart to the Supreme Court. You know, but uh, you're right; it is missing that sweet moment. But the 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 year 2000 was not about like you know emotional beats in these stories. We were a lot meaner, I think, then. Yeah, well, and, we, and yeah. As, as we said before, South Park is the hot thing here. Yeah, and so. I think they're they're still trying to keep up with that, but also like after you've written for the show this long, you're maybe you're just kind of tired of doing freakly stuff. Or also like the, I, this takes me back to our John Vitti interview where he talked about writing a sequel episode as well about Bart uh, the bigger brother stuff and how he intentionally chose to not be emotional because he's like you want emotion from me, <laughs> well I'm not doing it. <laughs> Though the the future vision guy vanishes just like actually yeah. like the fortune teller appeared to who then didn't vanish. <laughs> it worked better uh, better for him i guess in the end yeah yeah but uh yeah i wish the ending was a little sweeter it's like the emotionally this doesn't really work as an episode but there's i think there's some good you know future comedy jokes and yeah. prediction jokes and yeah. yeah and and the bart vision of that specific type of dirtbag is very well done yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't feel like this is as much of a betrayal as I felt it was 20 years ago. And I can like it on its own terms. And of course, it's infamous forever for the Donald Trump line. But we can see the historical context there. Dan Green didn't just create that yeah. joke. It yeah. was yeah. it was yeah. floating in the atmosphere. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's one of those weird episodes where the characterization's fun. There's a lot of good gags, but the story just doesn't carry any weight, which it really could have. Like, it could have been very easy to end on some note where he comes back from reality. He's like, oh, my God, Lisa. You know, like, we could have had that moment and that's what's disappointing is like the fact that he's a financial advisor to the president doesn't have any weight to it <laughs> yeah you know if if you cut out that lincoln's gold stuff maybe there's a little space for some more emotionality or stakes there yeah but you're really gonna want that scene of homer digging holes <laughs> yeah uh it's it's pretty great that if it if this caused issues uh creatively in the writer's room i'm glad they could at least joke about like yeah well maybe the the vision thought he, the story was a little thin. <laughs> <laughs> i do like that so uh mike thanks for coming back on the show and uh please talk me oh for sure and please talk about uh, what you're working on now where people can find you online and so on 
Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Drucker, uh, Instagram at Mike Drucker is dead. I write on, I actually now co-head writer of a show called Full Frontal with Samantha B. That's Wednesday nice. at 1030 on TBS. Please watch it. So they renew us for season six. And uh, I have a, in December, I have a boss fight book coming on Silent Hill too. So yes. Yeah. I kickstarted <laughs> that. I can't, I can't Thank wait you. to read it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I didn't know you're your co-head writer now. That is great. Congratulations. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started started two weeks before the pandemic. Oh boy! Wow. Perfect time to jump into a leadership position. Things just got funny here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's comedy so easy now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm glad we got you a little early because I'm sure in October of 2020 you're going to be pretty busy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such an insane time. Yeah. Uh, but but thank you as always. Yeah, Mike. thanks we so love much, to Mike. Have you back. Thank you for having me. I'd love to do it in the future. And thank you guys very much. Mm-hmm. So thanks again to Mike Drucker for being on the show. Uh, and as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you go there and sign up for five bucks a month, you'll get just that, but also everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes everything we've been making on the Patreon for the past almost three and a half years. It'll instantly be yours as soon as you sign up. That includes all of our limited miniseries. And at this point in time, we will be either doing or just about to start our fall 2020 miniseries Exclusive to patrons and the last one we did before that was talking mission hill a full exploration of the mission hill series done by bill oakley and josh weinstein there's a ton going on behind that paywall too much to list here in these plugs but uh, there's a ten dollar uh, level as well and if you sign up there you'll get all the five dollar stuff plus one megalon podcast once a month that is just for patrons of that level or higher what is that henry why bob that is the what a cartoon movie podcast where you and i talk about a different animated feature film each month often for over four hours long if you signed up now i believe you would have over a hundred hours of exclusive podcasts in addition to all the five dollar things most recently we in september covered the disney direct-to-video classic aladdin return of jafar in august we did the 1995 classic ghost in the shell be ready for that and hear them in full if you're a ten dollar and up subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo, and my other podcast is Retronauts. That is a classic gaming podcast. You can find that wherever you find podcasts, or go to patreon.com slash retronauts for uh, two exclusive episodes every month, only for patrons. And that is patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, how about you? Why, you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. All your Henry Gilbert updates will be provided for you if you follow me there. I'm sure I have a lot to say as uh, we're getting close to the election. <laughs> uh, but also on Twitter, you really should be following the official Twitter account of this podcast, at Talk Simpsons Pod. At Talk Simpsons Pod gives you updates anytime a new podcast goes live for this and our sister show, What a Cartoon or whenever new stuff happens on the Patreon, or whenever we have a cool thing going on, like say a new t-shirt on our Tee Public store, which by the way, you should check out our Tee Public store of Talking Simpsons. Follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter and you'll know about it all. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time for Days of Wine and Dozes, and we'll see you then.
Oh, thanks a lot.